Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. We're back. It's Monday. Hello. (laughs) I hope you guys had a great weekend. And today we're going to be sharing some Q&A, some burning questions that you guys have. These are really common questions. I picked a couple pretty common ones. I get a lot of DMs and, you know, when I see the same thing over and over, I try to pick those. So um, I'm recording this intro after I finish the podcast. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. I do get a little personal and vulnerable in here as I do on every episode. So thank you guys for giving me love so I can feel comfortable doing that. And I hope that my story can help change your life. And I wish you nothing but success and love and I'm here for you. So let's get into it. Let's do some Q&A. Welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. All right, all right. So I just opened my DMs, and this is the question that I get. Uh, let's see. Hi, Gina. La, 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 la. How do you take care of yourself in the midst of taking care of all others? So this is a common question that I get a lot, and I know that we all struggle with work-life balance. It's probably one of the things I struggle with the most. I know that I make it look really easy, but half the time I'm like (laughs) shook. Um, So you're not alone, first of all. Uh, And when it comes to taking care of other people and when it comes to taking care of yourself, I think that the biggest thing is, is to realize when you're not okay or when you're giving too much. So uh, to be very vulnerable and share how you feel and to set boundaries to share what is acceptable for you, what you can do and what you can't. So I'm super guilty of always over committing just because I like I can do a lot, but I always think I can do way more than uh, you know what I what I can actually do because there's only a certain number of hours in the day we only have so much energy and in order for us to be the best for those around us that we do all of this for i.e our friends and family and kids and you know we work so hard for them and a lot of the time they don't get the best of us you know strangers or clients or others get the best of us and you know we take it all out on the people we love the most Uh, it's not good and it happens a lot to um you know people in the service business nurses hairstylists you know you're taking care of people all day every day and when it comes to you it's kind of like where do you fit right so I've definitely been there I'm actually there now if I could be completely real and honest with you guys I've been like at my wits end pretty much just because I overcommitted and I really do want to take care of everybody but you have to get to the point where you understand like what you can and what you cannot do so I think that being vulnerable and being real and setting boundaries is number one that's like the number one uh, way to take care of yourself Uh, Because if you don't do those things, there will never be time to take care of yourself. And nobody knows if you need anything unless you tell them. So being vulnerable, being real, telling people what you need, asking for help. I know that we don't like asking for help sometimes or it can be like a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of strength if you can own it and just be like, hey, this is too much for me or hey, this isn't going to fit into what I can do right now. Um, It's more giving you respect 
you know, when you can admit that you can't do something or if you can just say no. Instead of saying yes, 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 over committing and then not doing a great job. And then how does that make you look? right? So I'm super, super guilty of this. So I'm going to try to give advice that I'm going to try to take too. So what you have to do is you have to figure out what you really love to do the most. What's your favorite thing? What lights you up? What's easy for you to do? What's exciting for you to do? What can only you do? It's a great question. What can only you do? It's a great question to think about, right? My goal for you and my goal for me is to focus on things that only I can do because that way they get done and they're the special thing that I can do. If everybody can do what you're doing every day, maybe think about something different that you can do or something more special that you can do or something more unique to you that you can do because if you're taking care of others and you're not doing what you love, that can be really miserable, right? So figure out what you really love to do. Try to delegate the things that aren't fulfilling to you and that other people can do that maybe, you know, you can keep some other people busy or maybe you can at least ask for help. You know, if you're a stylist behind the chair and you're doing haircuts all day and, you know, anyone can do a haircut and blow dry and, you know, you really are fired up about color or texture or something, you know, I know a lot of salons ask you to, you know, take anything that walks through the door, but, you know, this is your life and you have to build, you have to learn in school and you have to get your dexterity, you have to get your speed. So I don't think like right out of the gate, everyone should be specializing and saying like, no, I won't do that. I think that we really need to take time and focus on what we love, what we're creative over, what we're excited about, what gets our juices flowing, what gets our mind going. We have to focus on those things and try to remove everything else because the everything else is what's going to weigh you down. It's what's going to get you resentful. It's what's going to get you irritated. It's going to get you stressed. It's going to get you heavy. Those are the things. It's the things that anybody can do that frustrates us. It's like, why am I doing this when everybody can do this, right? So I'm not saying that you should only do one thing. I'm not saying you're too good to do other things, okay? Please don't misunderstand me. But if you can focus on only saying yes to things that really light you up, then as you do those things, you won't be emptying your cup. You'll be filling your cup, so it'll be effortless to give to others. So to answer your question, how do you take care of yourself in the midst of taking care of others? You have to keep a full cup, and the way that you do that is by doing the things that you love, delegating and saying no to the things that you don't love, and the things that kind of bring out the worst in you, or stress you out, or are just too much, right? I feel weak saying that, and I think it's just a cultural thing. You know, I know that there's like the hard work, hard work, work harder, work harder, work harder, and yes, I want to work hard, I want people to work hard, but I wanna work hard at things I'm awesome at. I want to work hard at things only I can do. I want to work hard on things that make me special. I want to work hard on things that are going to change lives, right? That's what I want to put my energy on. And I find that the more and more I take care of little thing here, little thing here, it's more of a distraction. Um, And I really don't give my best to everyone else when I do that. So I hope that that helps you. It helped me. I think I just gave myself a therapy session. So that's our first one. I hope you liked it.
All right, all right. So we have our next question. How to attract a higher paying clientele is the cliff notes. Okay. So what we have here is a question that tons of people want the answer to. How do I attract clients who value me? How do I attract a high-end clientele? I wanna make money, I want a high average ticket. Like, where do I find these people, okay? So the number one thing you wanna think about, okay, you wanna think about, number one, who are you as a stylist? What do you stand for? What do you look like? What's your wave? What's your style? What's your vibe? Because look at you, that is who you're going to attract right? You are going to attract exactly what you are. So if you want to have affluent, high paying clients, people who are, you know, maybe different than the people that you have now, what's going to happen is you're going to have to make some changes in order to attract that clientele that you want. So I'm not saying you have to go out and be affluent and do X, Y, and Z, even though, you know, we all want to be affluent and we all want to, whatever that means for you, we all want to be successful. We all want to grow. Uh, you want to make some changes so that you start attracting the clientele that you want. And even if it's not a higher paying clientele, maybe you just want more vivids. Maybe you want more blondes. Maybe you want more balayage. Maybe you just want more nice people. How do we find them? So the first thing you have to do is you have to make room for them. So if you're a super busy stylist and you have, uh, you know, you're fully booked, you've got no time for a lunch and you can't take new people and you've got a wait list, that's what they call, um, I learned this at Strategies, uh, it's a term I learned there, I don't know if they made it up, but it's called being gridlocked. So when you're a fully booked stylist, you get to the point where you're gridlocked, where the only way you can make more money is if you raise your prices and shed people, uh, which is, you know, not always the best place to be. Uh, so you want to, as much as like we want to be there and we all have a goal of being so busy that we have to raise our prices, it's not always a good place to be. So if you're consistently 100, 200, 300% booked, and if you run reports, you know what I'm talking about. So when I used to be behind the chair, I would book myself every 30 minutes. And if I ever ran a productivity report, I would be two to 300% booked. Um, now, this was good for me. I made a lot of money. I was really busy all the time. Uh, I was really like, you know, days would go by really fast and it was really fulfilling for me. I had tons of content. I was just hammering out hair. But when it comes to guest experience and when it comes to having control over your books, it's and when it comes to charging your worth and value, it's hard to do that when you're triple booked or booked on the 30. It's hard to have control over your business when it's overflowing, uh, when you don't really know what's going on. So as much as we want to be fully, fully booked, when you're gridlocked and you can't take new clients, this is actually a problem. People are knocking on the door and they're saying, hey, I want to give you my money. And you're saying, no, thank you. I can't give it to you right now, but maybe in a few weeks I can give it to you. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to go somewhere else then. That's what I would do. I wouldn't wait for you. I would probably go somewhere else. So you want to have openings within the next two weeks for them. So that the way that we do that is we want to make sure that we're pre-booking properly. We want to make sure our time, uh, service times are, you know, on point that we're not, you know, booking a root retouch for a full highlight and overlapping, going over. And we want to have accurate reporting. So we want to make sure that everything is booked nicely. We want to make sure that everyone's getting a lunch. 
And we want to make sure that our books are, you know, organized, not chaotic, and, you know, that there's room for people. So 80 to 85% productivity is a great place to live as a stylist. So if you want to get new clients, the first thing I would say is make room for them. So if you're 100, 200, 300% booked, I would say it's time to do a price increase. Or... And if it's not October 1st, it's a weird time and you can't do a price increase, what you can do is you could start shifting your clientele to a different specialty. Or you can start shifting your clientele to further apart. Or you can stop pre-booking certain people, maybe the people who are always late on you, maybe the people who make you feel like shit about your pricing, maybe the people who sit there and talk about politics all day and it gives you a panic attack. You know, the people who aren't lighting you up, the people who maybe don't appreciate you as much as you wish they would, the people who don't let you have any artistic freedom, the people who anybody else can do. If you're putting root touch-ups on people and that is not your life passion, it's great to have bread and butter, you guys, but you don't need every root retouch. You can have like one day a week you do root retouches, your bread and butter, your fave clients who purchase retail pre-book and who send you your, their friends. Those people can stay with you. But the rest of your clientele, if they're not working for you, sending you friends, purchasing retail, and like really engaged in your business, there are so many people out there who might be, who want to be, who will be if you set them up to do that. So if you're always educating your guests on retail, if you're marketing, if you're really like turning on all the systems in your business, you're going to kill it. So look at your books, make room for people, decide what you stand for as a stylist. Who do you want to be? What kind of hair do you want to do? Once you have room in your schedule, you decide kind of what lane you want to be in. Now you're going to start taking models. So my advice to you would be to get 10 to 15 models over like one or two months, do their hair for free or charge them for a product or do whatever you do, uh, and make sure that you do some content, take some pictures, like good pictures. And over the month or six weeks or however long you do your models, start pushing that content out. Start saying what you want in your chair. Start telling people, I'm a specialist in this. Start telling people you're looking for this, right? So that kind of answers the question if you're looking for a different specialty. Now, if you're looking for a different kind of customer, maybe a wealthier customer, I guess like that's the maybe or more environmentally conscious. I'm trying to think of kinds of people, but I don't want to start throwing labels on people, right? Um, so if you're looking for a different kind of clientele, and you, you remember what I said, you attract what you are. So if you're getting a lot of young college kids, if you're getting people, you know, moms and their five kids who come in for hair, uh, you know, five kids haircuts, and that's not what you're going for. You're going for more like the three guests a day, the $300 ticket. What's going to end up happening is you're going to have to, number one, make room for them. Number two, decide what value you offer them, right? What value do you offer that affluent guest? Are you a blonde specialist? Are you an extension specialist? Are you a texture specialist? Are you a, what, what value do you offer them? Are you a healthy hair specialist? That's what I was. I made, uh, you know, when I was in hair school, I made my Twitter the hair doctor 
never knew how to do hair in that moment. I was just in hair school and I was just like, I'm going to be the hair doctor. And then I put it on a business card and then I started calling myself a color specialist when I was in hair school. And from that point on, I always called myself a color specialist. So I was always doing color. Uh, So, you know, I really picked my lane very early and I named myself the hair doctor. I took massive action towards my specialty, which was healthy hair, repair, uh, repairing hair, color corrections and color. And my massive action was taking that handle and making those cards. And from that point on, that's who I was. I created the hair doctor. I created Gina Bianca. She didn't just exist. I created the person you're listening to right now. So you have to decide who you want to be, what you want to do, and you really have to commit and you have to take action, like massive action. Like, what do you want to be known for? Okay, I want to be known for healthy hair. I want to be known for blondes and extensions. Right now, my clientele is families, moms, kids, root retouches, a lot of stuff that's not really lighting me up. So come to the point where you decide, all right, starting on March 1st, I'm only going to be doing you know, specialty color work. That's my passion. So every day I'm going to pre-book one of my root maintenance guests with a different one of the stylists in my salon and just let her know that I love her. However, I'm just trying to make more time for blondes and color corrections since that's what I'm really passionate about and that's what I'm really trying to get better at. Try to humble yourself with your guests too. If you ever have to break up with a guest and it's not for a bad reason, if it's maybe just like, hey, I don't like doing your hair anymore, Just tell them that you're looking to broaden your wings and you're looking to just grow. Just say like, hey, I love doing your hair. You know, Sally's been shampooing you for weeks. She's building her clientele now. She loves you to death. I love you to death. I was wondering if you'd be open to letting her put your roots on so that I can open up my schedule so I could take more highlights and and balayage. You know, I'm really excited and passionate about that. And I love to do your hair. I really want to help Sally grow. And I think it would be a great solution for everybody. What do you think? The guest is going to be like, you're firing me. You're like, no, I just want to like grow. I just want to like try new things and get some different people in my chair. Not people really. I really just want to get some different challenges in my chair. You know, something like that. And when it comes to having these difficult conversations with people, you guys, I'm going to give you tip number one right now. You just got to be real. You just have to keep it real. If you're fake, if you're bullshitting, if you're walking all over yourself or walking all over your words and you don't know what's going on, you don't have a plan, you're not confident, everybody can tell, right? Just be real, be nice, be like, hey, listen, this is where I'm at in my career. You know, I've been a stylist for five years. I've been building my clientele. I have a million amazing people like you. But what I've decided is, you know, I'm just really not happy. And they're gonna be like, what? Just be like, I'm happy. I love my job. I'm just like really craving to be more artistic in a different way. So um, I I have made the decision in March. I am going to be uh, specializing and focusing more on dramatic blondes and vivids. That's my passion. As you can see, look at my hair. You see, you know I love this stuff. And I'm going to still see you in the salon. It's going to be great. Let me pre-book you with X, Y, and Z. Right. So I know a lot of you guys aren't going to have that problem. Uh, If you do have that problem, it's a great problem. Don't complain about it. (laughs) You can complain about it. We can all complain about our problems because even if it's a good problem, it's still a problem. So don't feel bad. Find yourself a friend who understands and talk about it to them. Don't talk about it to everybody. I'm so guilty of this. I, I have like champagne problems 
and, and first world problems, but there's still problems and they still stress me out and I'm still a human being and I'm still serving others. So a lot of the times I feel so guilty for complaining about anything because I'm like, this is a champagne problem. However, it's still a problem. So if you're having this issue and you have to shed some clients, I know it's a good problem, but it's still scary. It's only really scary if you don't know what to do. After listening to this, you should feel better, right? Do you feel better? <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. I'm going to do one more for you guys, and then we're going to call it a day. Beautiful. I have one more question, and this is from Mastermind. How to build confident boundaries between the people pleaser side of ourselves and the business person. This is an amazing question, and we kind of talk, this fits perfectly into what we've been talking about in this podcast today. So I love that it says confident boundaries because today, Monday, if you are in class with me at confident, you're going to be like, duh, I already learned this today <laughs> when you're listening to this on your way home because I know a lot of you will listen to it on the way home. But, you know, you guys will have learned so much about being confident in your business and just setting up boundaries and systems and just making your business not 100% you. I remember with GBH, my salon, I literally like thought I was going to die in that place. I was like, this is me. Like, this is my identity. This is who I am. Like I signed a 10 year lease. I put my life savings. I spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So after that commitment, it was kind of like, this is me now. So I had no boundaries. I had no time. Uh, I had no, uh, I want to say bedside manner, like no, no filter, no, uh, you know, that was my baby, my life. And I was very, you know, serious about my salon and I had no boundaries at all. I would say anything, do anything to get the job done. I would work crazy hours. I would make crazy changes. I would, you know, anything to get the job done, no boundaries. So how do we have boundaries? when a lot of us are so in love with our work, so attached, so committed to our work. And I know that she said people pleaser. Being a people pleaser is just having no boundaries. If you're a people pleaser, it's literally just having no boundaries. Nobody knows how far they can go with you. Sounds dangerous, right? Nobody knows how far they can go with you. Think about that when you think about boundaries. A lot of the time we like throw that word around. I know it's a popular word because it is a solution to a lot of things. And with Brene Brown uh, and her work, you know, boundary, shame, vulnerability, these words are huge now and I'm glad people are talking about them. But how do we create boundaries when we're people pleasers? How do we create boundaries when we're obsessed with our work? How do we create boundaries when we're workaholics? How do we create boundaries when we just want to get the job done? How do we create boundaries when we're putting out fires every single day? How do we create boundaries when we have three people waiting a one star on Yelp because we forgot to get the color off their face and then uh, like everything's happening. How do we have boundaries? We just want to take care of everyone. We just want everybody to love us. We just want everybody to be happy. We just want everybody, everybody, everybody to win, right? How do we have boundaries? So I'm going to share a story with you guys. It's something that I share sometimes here and there. Um, but it's something about my foot and it has to do with the story. So just stay with me. So um, I'm going to share with you 
how everything went down with me when I stepped away from behind the chair. And I'm gonna share with you exactly how it happened, okay? And then I'm gonna share with you how it could have happened if I had boundaries, okay? So let's get into our story time. So like three years ago, I was at my house, minding my own business. I believe it was the first time I ever went live on Facebook. I was on Facebook and I was live. I was in one of the community groups in my town talking about my salon, talking about my stylist. And I was like really nervous because it was the first time I ever went live. I just remember it because it was like special for me. I heard some commotion going on downstairs and I was like, what's going on? And I heard my brother say that my dog got out. So I immediately throw on my shoes, run down the stairs. As I landed on the bottom stair, I twisted my foot and I was like, okay, that hurt. And so I continued to run, found my dog, brought her in. And I was like, damn, my foot hurts. Something happened. Uh, maybe I twisted my ankle or something. So I put ice on it, went to bed and woke up, uh, got out of bed, fell flat on my face and was like, okay, I think my foot's not okay. So I looked down at my foot. It's definitely broken. It's double the size. It's like black and blue. It looks like shit. I'm like, God damn it. How do I break my foot right now? Like, how do I break my foot right now? How, like, why is my foot broken right now? Like, are you kidding me? Um, probably the last thing that you want to happen as a busy hairstylist, salon owner. Like, I was busy behind the chair seeing people every 30 minutes. What am I going to do? Right? So um, I was fully booked behind the chair. I had a bunch of team members working for me. Um, they were all pretty new, fresh out of school. We had just hired a bunch of assistants, a lot of new people. Nobody was really trained to the level they needed to be yet to be on the floor. They were, but some of them needed more training, more experience, and I was having some trust issues with them. (sighs) That's a lie. I just lied on the podcast. That was such a fucking story. Ew. Oh my God. Okay, that's not what really happened. I lied. What really happened is I was working really, really hard for really, really long. I was feeling very, very resentful, very, very burnt out, uh, very, very alone, and very, very sad. And I just wanted somebody to notice me And everybody notices me. I have followers on Instagram. I have a salon. I have staff. I have this. I have that. I have all the things, all the shit, okay? But sometimes I felt in the past that nobody notices, like, me. Like, how I'm feeling. Like, am I okay? I think they just assume I can do everything. And they just assume I'm a superhero. Um, So I was feeling very alone. I was feeling very resentful. Um, And resentment is my number one going away from value that I fight with every single day. And it's because I'm a people pleaser. It's because I'm a workaholic. It's because I'm a giver. And I don't want to like label, label, label myself. But like these are things that I'm known for. I'm extremely generous. I work very, very hard. I always try to serve others. I give as much as I possibly can. And my literal life is add value. Add value, add value, add value. I add so much value that I make it crazy to do anything with anybody else. That's my that's my business model, right? So that can get really hard. That's a lot to live up to, right? So I had a choice to make at that time. And what my choice was was to instead of healing, my choice was to work 
and show my customers that I put them before everything, even my health. And then maybe one day they'll appreciate me. And the answer is they didn't really treat me any different. They didn't really care. They were more kind of like, okay, well, thanks for taking my appointment. Didn't really like think it was serious because I was working on it. How can it be serious if you're working on it, right? So I'm over here like, wow, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Look what I do for you. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. That was literally me. I was so burnt out, so resentful, so busy behind the chair, so busy with my employees, so busy with my salon, so busy trying to build my education, so busy trying to manage an Instagram, so busy, so busy, so busy, so stressed out, so burnt out that my way of coping with that was hurting myself so other people would feel bad or other people would notice or someone would reach out and help me. That's how far of a people pleaser I went no whose fault is this nobody's it's my fault (laughs) this is plain old not knowing how to cope with your life okay this is plain old not knowing how to say no not having boundaries not telling anyone how you really feel and just putting on hero syndrome putting on a face of a hero so that people think that of you and they think you're special and they think you're like amazing and they just like think all of these things but it's for the wrong reason you don't have to hurt yourself for people to love you and care about you and if you do you don't want those people to love you and care about you right so there's a point because I know what the question was the question was I just want to read it word for word for you guys How to build confident boundaries between the people-pleaser side of ourselves and the business person. Okay. So fast forward about six months later. I'm still working. My foot is still broken. I had a six-week recovery time if I were to stay off it. And uh, it ended up struggling and suffering for six months. My foot still hurts to this day. So what ended up happening is I continued to work on it. I continued to feel resentful. I continued to be upset. I continued to take clients, uh, continued to complain, uh, continued on the same cycle of bullshit, the same story for a really long time, right? It's been years of it, and then six months goes by, and I ended up going to a hair class, a hair seminar, and I saw one of my friends there Nina Kovner, Passion Squared. And she looks at me, and I had seen her right around the time I broke my foot, and she said this to me. She said, you need to rest your foot or it's going to be broken the next time I see you. Then I saw her six months later, my foot was still broken. And it was really hard to face her because we weren't talking about my foot. We were talking about the resentment I was holding on to. We were talking about how burnt out I was. We were talking about the person that I want to be, the person I am. You know, all the things that I want to do, I can't do those things as a resentful person. I can't do those things with hate in my heart. I can't do those things when I resent my job. I can't do those things when I'm so burnt out that I can't even breathe. Right? I can't do all of the things I'm put here to do if I don't have the space to do it. So, I'm at this class. 
I see Nina. I talk to her. I'm really drunk in like the middle of it. Like at, at night, there was like a networking thing. It was a multi-day class. I'm not going to share where it was just because it was, it's just, that's not the point. Um, it was a multi-day thing and we were all drinking and, you know, I got pretty drunk and I was just like, yeah, I don't fucking know. And I got pretty open with how I was feeling to Nina and she was there for me in a tough love way and she said something to me that hit me in a way I was in the right state to hear it she had said things to me multiple times about the fact that I need to take care of myself like this is unsustainable like the resentment you're holding on to is not okay like you have to reach I I really had to work on things from like my childhood Do you know what I mean? Like I had to really work on stuff from like a long time ago. It's nothing to do with my staff. It's nothing to do with my clients. It's nothing to do with my salon. It's nothing to do with anything. It's me, right? So in that state that I was in, I was a little drunk. I was honest. I was pretty upset, but I was talking to her and then she said something to me. I can't even remember exactly what she said. She might remember, but She said something to me that hit me in the right way. And I remember that day I said, not one more day, not one more hour, not one more minute. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I have to make a change. Massive action needs to happen. Um, And that was the last day of the event. And I remember driving uh, to the airport and I pulled over. I just started sobbing. I broke, I had a nervous breakdown because I had a 14 hour travel day. And then I was going to get home on a red eye and then go straight to work and book. And I had clients booked. And I looked at my schedule and I had a moment of like fear in my heart. And I said, I know that if I don't take massive action right now and cancel this day and do something, I know if I don't make a change right now, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get my iced coffee. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to work back to back. I'm going to feel the same way. And I'm going to do the same thing the next day and the same thing the next day. And I'm not going to change. So what I decided to do, and I don't recommend this to anybody, okay? This is how it all went down. This it's not should not have went down this way. So if you remember from before, I'm going to tell you how it went down and then how it should have went down, okay? <sighs> Pull over to the side of the road, hysterically crying. Call my manager. Cancel my life. I'm never coming back to work. That's what I said. <laughs> like how... Like, how would you feel if you were a manager and your leader called you and said that? Who fucking knows how she felt? I don't know. She handled it, though. She killed it. She canceled everything. I lost most of my clients, most, like half at least. They're just like, you know, she's she's going through some personal things. She's not uh, she's not going to be coming back and uh, for a while. So we're going to book you with someone else. And they're like, oh, no, I don't know. Eh. Not waiting, not booking with someone else, whatever. And um, I lost a lot of my clients from that split move, that split decision of anger, resentment, pain, sadness, fear, depression, anxiety, overwhelm, all of those feelings. I made one decision that could have been so different, right? So I ended up getting home and I took about a month off. I don't think I went to the salon at all, Um, but... During that time, I knew uh, for the first time what depression was because I never understood what depression was because I never experienced it. And honestly, I didn't think it was real. (laughs) What a fucking joke that is because I literally wanted to die. I have everything and I literally wanted to die because at that point... I had put everything into this 
this is my life, right? And now what? So I made the decision during that time that I was not going to be doing hair anymore. This was about two and a half years ago. And I haven't been behind the chair in two and a half years because there was no way for me to get where I am now doing everything. I had to let something go. And I love to do hair. I love to take care of my guests because I had some of the best clients ever and I still see a lot of them, but I did lose a huge chunk of my clientele. A huge chunk, at least 70%, just with the split second decision of she's not coming back. When the owner of the salon says like, oh, no more, a lot of the time clients are just like, well, if I can't go to the owner, I don't want to go to anybody, which is really hard for someone building a brand because I've been building, 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 and then you don't trust my brand, you know? So that was like one of the hardest things to deal with is to see like how many people went somewhere else or how many people went to my old stylist and like left. And, you know, it was really a devastating loss to me um, because I was just so burnt out. Like I didn't know what else to do. I was like 24 years old, like 24 years old with the whole world on my shoulders, you guys. Like, (sighs) I'll never forget the feeling and even Steve like Steve is just the most amazing person you guys like he has been there for me through like every single thing and like he does not get the best of me you know he gets like the worst (laughs) you guys get the best of me and he's there so I can grow and um so I don't have to go through things like this you know like he helps me a lot now But um, during that time, you know, the only reason I got through it was because of Steve. And I'm super grateful for him. You know, really, really grateful. So I ended up going back to work about a month later with no clients. Uh, I was full-time leader. I announced it as saying I'm going into full-time leadership. And, you know, some of my clients booked with other people and were really supportive. And a lot of them didn't. And, you know, I worked on a broken foot for six months for people who weren't even going to stay with me. And the answer to your question is how do you have confident boundaries is if they're not going to cut a check for your mortgage, if you need it, why would you put your health or anything at risk for them? These people didn't even stay with my brand. You know what I mean? But I was willing to put all of my health at risk, right? Because they're a client. It's a business. You are not your career. You are not your business. To me, it was one of the biggest growing pains to realize that I am not my business. And when you grow up with trauma, which we all do, everybody has trauma in their life and trauma lives in the body. When you grow up with trauma, when you deal with shit in your life or you don't deal with it, what ends up happening is those things creep up and we're like, oh, this feels weird. I'm going to distract myself. And I always distracted myself with work, work, alcohol, drugs. Those were my, that in that order, work, alcohol, drugs. Thankfully, no drugs anymore, no alcohol really in 2020 I really don't drink that much anymore just because I get so depressed after it's just not for me I'm put on this earth to be me myself alive energized excited in state I can't be that hungover 
blah, 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 blah. Like I can't be there if I'm numbing, if I'm numbing with work, numbing with drama, numbing with alcohol, numbing with X, Y, Z, right? We can't be the full version of ourselves. We can't be vulnerable. We can't be real if we're not ourselves, right? So this is a long story. I've never told like the full, full, full story. I tell it at classes sometimes, basically when people like, I usually will tell this story when people are at the point where they hate their clients because they do get there, because they're resentful, because they put everybody before themselves. So my biggest advice for you, to have confident boundaries, you have to put yourself first. And if you need somebody to tell you this, I will tell it to you. If they're not going to cut you a check for your mortgage, you shouldn't be doing their hair for free. You shouldn't be staying late. You shouldn't be coming in early. You shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z if it's something you don't want to do. If it's something you can't do. If you're booked, if you're stretched thin, if you're burnt out, you shouldn't be going above and above and above and above. Not above and beyond. Above what's expected or above what you promise or above what's okay for you. You should not do that for people who wouldn't do the same for you. And like, yes, they're clients, they pay our bills, they do this, they do this. But you guys, there has to be a boundary. The boundary is who's going to cut you a check for your mortgage if you lost your job tomorrow. That's the boundary. That's who you might go a little more for. That's who you might come in a little early for. That's who you might, you know, cut a break. It's that simple. Don't make it, oh, she's been coming to me for so long. Oh, her daughter comes to me. Oh, listen, we all have clients. They're not thinking about you outside of their appointment. Why are you thinking about them outside of their appointment? I know it's a little dramatic to say it like this, but like sometimes you need to hear like their clients. We love them. We love our clients. I love my clients. Am I mad at them for leaving? No, I left in a horrible way. I was just like, bye everyone. I'm not doing hair anymore. They had no context. They don't understand. They didn't know. They don't know what's going on. All they know is, oh, she was fine and now she's not. Okay, hopefully she's okay. They don't know this. We think that everybody knows what's going on with us. We think that we are the center of the universe. And you guys, everybody feels the same. We all think we're in the center of our own universe. We all think that everybody knows what's going on. But listen, nobody knows. They need context. You need to set boundaries. You need to be vulnerable. You need to be real with them to set boundaries. So how this should have went is and my friend Joshua Ladner he will share this with you if you ask him my friend Joshua wanted to go full-time into education and he wanted to step out from behind the chair which is what I should have done go full-time into education something that I love and then step back from behind the chair get into leadership and start building my classes that's like how it should have been um but I didn't know my clients were the problem until I called out, I canceled work. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what was wrong until I had the time to like sit down and be like, what is wrong? Why am I miserable? Right? So if you follow the story, I hope I'm not confusing you. Um, you know, I broke my foot. I went on this class. I had a breakdown. I was like, I'm not happy. I got to do something. I got to make a change. Like, I don't know what it is. I got to make a change. I don't feel good. I'm going to, I need a change canceled all the clients took a month off decided during that month I was like I'm gonna go into leadership this is my choice so then I went back to work so it was a very unprofessional way to um, 
for lack of better term, drop your clientele. It's not a good way, right? But I was like, not okay. I was like having a psychotic break. I was not okay. So I don't feel bad about it. Um, but I want to tell you exactly how it went down and how it should have went down, how I coached Jay. Uh, when he went full-time into education, he did exactly what I coached him to do and it worked flawlessly. He said to every single guest, every single time, that this is gonna be their last service together. He loves them, but he's following his dreams of being an educator. And guess how many people had a problem with it? Fucking none. Nobody cared because he had the balls to say it to their face. because he knew what he wanted to do, right? So I can't be mad or like anything because I was not okay. And that whole situation, how it went down, how it should have went down, has given me the tools I need to be an amazing coach because I saw how awful it went down one way. So all I had to do was figure out the opposite, right? I tested it, it works, right? When you wanna set boundaries, you have to be real, you have to say it to their face, you have to just treat others the way you wanna be treated and it will be okay. If you have to tell people like, hey, I'm gonna be focusing on other services from now on, Um, XYZ, see you later. The worst thing that could happen is they punch you in the face and leave, slash your tires. What are the odds of that happening? Pretty slim, right? So if you're nervous to have conversations, just think like, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, okay, okay. And then what will I do? Okay, all right, cool. If they start throwing shit, then they leave and you never see them again. Okay, that's the worst that could happen. That's what's gonna happen next. Not so bad anymore, right? So when it comes to setting boundaries, you guys, vulnerability, being real, nobody knows how far they can go with you if you don't tell them. And you don't know how far people can go with you if you don't take the time to really establish how you feel, how you want to feel, what's okay for you, and what you really want, right? So this is pretty long. Um, I wasn't really expecting to get into that story, but I'm glad I did. I hope it helps at least one person. You guys know um, I will share with you me. That's why I'm here. I didn't start the podcast to be like everybody else. I mean, a lot of the times it's like tempting to just post like, 10, 15 minute, like quick tips and stuff. And I know that that will do well. Um, You know, I could do that anywhere. I could do that on Instagram. Uh, I really want the podcast to be different. I want it to be real. I want you guys to get to know me. I want you to get to know um, things I do, things I believe, uh, the things that have helped me, uh, the things that have hurt me. You know, I really want this to be something that can really help you and I know that I can't be best friends with everybody I can't be everybody's mentor not that I get asked by everybody but you know I want to help I really do that's like something that's huge for me in my life is I want to contribute I want to give back I want to help I want to leave an impact I want people to not go through what I went through I want to elevate the beauty industry. I know that that's like, I say it all the time, but like, that's what I want. I want it to be a little bit better than when I got here. And, you know, I think that having conversations like this are helpful and I hope that you do too. And I hope that you feel like this was a great use of your time. And I hope that you feel like, you know, you get a lot of value from listening to me and I love you guys so much. And thanks for letting me be me. Sometimes I, people are like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, you listen to my podcast? 
it's like really vulnerable and it's like weird because like I talk exactly like I normally talk on here it's just like I feel like we're friends if you listen like if someone's like hey I listen to your podcast I'm like oh we're friends because <laughs> I've pretty much told you everything about my life so if this is your first episode you're listening to feel free to go back catch up there's a lot of good stuff I don't even know what kind of podcast I want to have I want to talk about everything so I know it's all over the place but I don't know I just want it to come I just want the podcast to develop the way that it's going to and I know that we're going to talk about the things we're supposed to and uh I'm just happy you guys are here I should probably stop now all right I love you guys have a great day